And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you here on this Wednesday morning as we talk all things New York Islanders and uh, lots to talk about right now as the uh, offseason continues and we're starting to get a better idea of what the NHL might be thinking about for the season. We'll talk a little bit about that. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. I want to also talk a little bit about these uh, retro third jerseys that they're talking about, Uh, some indications of what that might look like. Should it include the Fisherman jersey logo or not? We'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, we will also discuss the Islanders' salary cap situation and where that stands at the moment. If there's something on your mind that is Islanders-related, a comment, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss— Please feel free to email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Okay, so let's start with the NHL. A little bit more information starting to come out. And look, right now the league is still trying to figure out how to best play this upcoming season. January 1st, still the target date, but Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, did an interview with NHL.com and basically One of the things that the league is strongly considering is setting up what they're calling short-term temporary uh, hubs and then for one season only realigning the divisions to reduce travel and uh, maybe exposure during the coronavirus pandemic. So Bettman's quote in this uh, piece You'll play for 10 to 12 days. You'll play a bunch of games without traveling. You'll go back, go home for a week, be with your family. We'll have our testing protocols and all the other things you need that you need. It's not going to be quite as effective as a bubble, but we think we can, if we go this route, minimize the risks to the extent practical and sensible. And so that's one of the things that we're talking about. So. What one of those things would be setting up 
an all-Canadian division. Look, the border between the United States and Canada remains closed. We do not know when it will open up. The Canadian government and the uh, governments of both Ontario and Alberta were willing to allow players to come in and be in the bubble for the playoffs last year. But to have Canadian teams constantly crossing the border, really not going to work right now if you're trying to play a 50, 60, 70 game season. So they're not going to move all seven Canadian teams temporarily to American locations. And it looks like, you know, they're going to realign the divisions. So the Islanders may end up in the same division as the Boston Bruins or the Buffalo Sabres because Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal, the three, you know, uh, Canadian teams in the uh, Atlantic division, they may very well be in an all-Canadian division and we may see different situations playing out as far as just the standings for this upcoming season. So the Islanders may not be in the same division as, let's say, the Carolina Hurricanes or the, uh, you know, some of those other teams that are in the Metropolitan Division. Maybe Columbus goes elsewhere. We don't know yet. And at the same time, you may end up with a situation where you have a week and a half to two weeks of playing and then a week off. And that's a very different rhythm than hockey fans and players are used to. But again, you know, the NHL has stated they're looking for a minimum of 48 games. I doubt there is time to play a full schedule. They're still using January 1st as a target date. The NBA just announced uh, December 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the 22nd, as their start to the new season, you got to figure the NHL doesn't want to start too much later than the NBA. And again, they've got to finish before the Summer Olympics take place, if the Summer Olympics take place, uh, because NBC, which broadcasts the Stanley Cup playoffs in the United States, uh, also has the rights to broadcast the Olympics. So somehow, they have to figure out a way to squeeze in as many games as they can between, let's say, January 1st and then crown a Stanley Cup champion by, let's say, July 20th at the latest, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Bettman continued, and he said, while we're in the middle of working on our return to play, uh, which I hope to have put to bed soon, our goal is to get back to a normal schedule next fall and being done before July on a longer-term basis. That is the goal. So last year, definitely affected by the coronavirus pandemic. This coming season, definitely will be affected by the coronavirus pandemic. But the NHL wants to do all it can to get back to a normal schedule in 2021-2022, which is when the Islanders start playing at Belmont where they would have training camp in mid-September and the season opening in early October and getting back to the Stanley Cup being awarded in mid-June and hopefully fans in the stands and everything else. So 
NHL doing what it can. It's going to change the schedule. It's going to change the rhythm and the feel of the season. And, you know, we may have, you know, 10 games in 14 days or 15 days and then no games for a week or 10 days. And that is a very different rhythm than hockey fans are used to. All right, when we come back, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. We will also take a look at the Islanders uh, retro third jerseys, what they may look like. And we will have a look at the salary cap situation for the Islanders and how they get out of it. All that and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, you've heard me talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Well, the makers of Built Bar now have an energy gel called Built Go, and it makes you the best you at whatever you do. You can break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Built Go. It comes in easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce packages, and it is really the best workout gel on the market. It's just like five-hour energy without that crash feeling, and it's all natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three amazing flavors, chocolate, mint, chocolate coconut and peanut butter honey, and it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast and it's easy on the stomach. It's got beta alanine, vitamin B3, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, honey, and a kick of caffeine, and it's got collagen, which promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. That means this stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So the Islanders, you know, all the NHL teams right now, there is uh, all kinds of talk about, uh, you know, retro third jerseys or, uh, and, and, you know, the reverse retro jerseys is what they're calling them. And... The question, a lot of people assume the Islanders would go with a Fisherman logo like they used in the mid to late 90s for those two seasons. And, you know, a lot of Islander fans, most of them probably too young to remember how bad the Islanders were when they wore those jerseys, kind of think it's cool and want that. All the mock-ups that I have seen and all the things that have been released on social media seem to indicate they will not be fishermen jerseys, but we'd love to know what you think about it. Do you think the Islanders, for their reverse retro jerseys, should they use the fisherman logo or go with one of the variations of third jerseys that they had over the years? Uh, you know, I think the fisherman logo is at least different. I was not a fan of it at the time. I always liked the classic look of Islanders jerseys, but at the end of the day, uh, one certainly wondering what Islander fans are thinking, and we'll put a poll up on Twitter to see what your feedback is on that. So uh, Islanders retro, reverse retro jersey, should they have the Fisherman logo? Uh, check us out on Twitter on both, uh, you know, on the Twitter handles and and vote. Either yes or no on the Fisherman jersey. I still think it looks more like Stan Fischler than anything else. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the fan base is thinking at this point. 
As for our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, today, November 11th, Veterans Day, and happy Veterans Day uh, to everybody, and thank you to uh, all of the veterans that served our great country. Uh, it's the 28th birthday of current Islander center, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, acquired at the trade deadline this past year, played in seven games with the Islanders before the playoffs got underway, scored two goals during the regular season, and then in 22 playoff games, eight goals and 11 points for the Islanders. And look, Pajot has signed a long-term extension and will be a part of this Islanders team going forward. That, I think, is encouraging. He adds a lot to this third line, and I think that, uh, you know, his penalty killing, his defensive play, his face-off work, and then hopefully he could still put in at least another 20 goals, uh, you know, that may be a, a heck of a third-line center in Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Coming off a season where he had a career high, 26 goals uh, in 67 games. So he probably would have had, let's say, 29 or 30 if you extend it to the full 82-game schedule. Never had more than 19 goals with the Senators before this year. We're going to look at his first game as an Islander. And boy, did he make a splash at the Coliseum February 25th of this past year. Islanders and Rangers with uh, Alexander Georgiev in goal for the Rangers. Simeon Varlamov in between the pipes for the Isles. Artemi Panarin getting the Rangers on the board first. His 32nd of the year from Ryan Lindgren and Anthony D'Angelo at 17.02. After one period, it was one to nothing. Rangers, the Rangers added to their lead in the second. Greg McKegg is fourth from Brandon Lemieux and Adam Fox at 7.48, and it was Rangers 2, Islanders nothing. But the Islanders come back. Pajot, his 25th from Ryan Pulak and Josh Bailey at 17.04, and after two periods, it was a one-goal hockey game, Islanders trailing 2-1. In the third, the Rangers upped their lead. Brent Howden, his eighth from Brandon Smith and Ryan Lindgren, at 9.34, Islanders in trouble, down 3-1, to one, but they come back. Jordan Eberle on the power play after the Rangers took a penalty. Ryan Strom off for tripping, and Eberle pokes home his 14th from Matt Barzal and Anders Lee at 14.23, and it's a 3-2 to two game. And then in the final minute, Brock Nelson, his 23rd from Devontae's and Matt Barzal, at 19.42, that tied it at 3-3. Unfortunately, in overtime, Mika Zibinijad got the winner for the Rangers. Panarin with the assist 28 seconds in. Islanders fall 4-3, but Jean-Gabriel Pajot with a heck of a first impression. Not only does he get a goal, but he ends up with 17 minutes in penalties uh, a fight, a two-minute instigator penalty, and a 10-minute misconduct when he dropped the gloves early in the third period with Jacob Truba of the New York Rangers. So, uh, great playoffs after that, again, for Pajot, and we look forward to seeing what he's able to contribute going forward for the New York Islanders. And he certainly was a much-needed upgrade 
for the third line of the Islanders. No way that the Islanders make this long playoff run that they made without the contributions of Jean-Gabriel Pajot. So we wish him uh, a very happy 28th birthday and hope that this is the beginning of many good things for Pajot in a New York Islanders uniform. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the salary cap situation and what Lou Lamorello can do to add some scoring punch. That and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, one other thing before we get to the cap situation, and this is really getting under my craw. Uh, Pro Hockey Talk, which is uh, affiliated with NBC Sports, uh, released their power rankings for the offseason, and they released their top 10. And, okay, shock of shocks, the Islanders, who were one of the four finalists last year, not in the top 10. Uh, the Lightning, defending Stanley Cup champions, were one. The Colorado Avalanche, two. The Vegas Golden Knights, then the Boston Bruins and St. Louis Blues, they make up the top five. And then six through ten, the Capitals, the Dallas Stars, the Hurricanes, the Penguins, and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, again, very frustrating as an Islanders fan to see the Islanders get all the way to the Stanley Cup uh, semifinals or the conference finals to give the Tampa Bay Lightning a, a solid, you know, out of the six games in that uh, series, the Islanders played pretty well in five of them. The only game they really were blown out in was game one. A lot of overtime games, a lot of hard-fought battles, and yeah, I, I mean... The Islanders lost Devon Taves, and that certainly takes away something. But to not have the Islanders in your top 10, to have uh, the Capitals, a team the Islanders beat in the playoffs fairly soundly, the Hurricanes and the Penguins all be ahead of the Islanders at this point. You know, I'm not saying the Islanders deserve to be in the top four, even though they were in the final four a year ago. But the loss of Devon Taves, while it does reduce the skill level and the strength of the Islanders' defense, should not take the Islanders that far down that they're out of the top 10 in the league. And I guess the frustrating thing is, still, from the national media, the New York Islanders remain the Rodney Dangerfields of the National Hockey League. They don't get enough respect. And look, between you, me, and the lamppost, we could talk about it and complain about it, but you know what? You got to keep winning, and winning consistently, and the respect will come. Make another long playoff run, or better yet, win a Stanley Cup championship, and then we can talk about, you know, look, they can disrespect us all we want, all they want, rather, if they win a couple of Stanley Cups. So uh, it's a tough situation and frustrating, but it's really up to the Islanders to prove the critics and the national media wrong in the way that they don't respect the Islanders. As for the salary cap situation, I'm figuring that with the COVID situation and the flat cap, the Islanders will need to spend about seven to eight million dollars 
to lock up Matt Barzal. They have half of that right now at $3.9 million. You know that Ladd is either going to be traded or be sent down to the long-term injury list or sent down to Bridgeport in salary cap exile. That is one way to free up a little cap space. And I think Lou Lamorello really will have to try at some point to make that trade that we've all been waiting for in order to free up some cap space to A, uh, sign Barzal, and then Matt Martin and Corey Schneider and Andy Green, assuming that they still are able to get those deals officially done. And then you really have to, again, to add that piece of the puzzle that the Islanders are missing, that extra goal scorer, you're going to need to pull off some kind of a trade that will open up more cap space. And that secondary trade, again, I don't know if it won't come until the trade deadline or midseason. I think Lou Lamorello tends to be patient. We've seen that throughout his tenure, not just with the Islanders, but with the Devils and the Maple Leafs and, and everywhere else he's been. He tends to be patient. And if you think about it, if you wait until midseason, or even the trade deadline to make that deal, the cap hit is less. You might be able to bring in either a rental player or a very, you know, high-paid skill player and not have as big a cap hit this year because maybe he only plays 15, 10, 15 regular season games with this team. But the important thing is, again, as we all know, is the playoffs. And if you look at the standings, for example, from this season, the Islanders, what did they finish? Uh, sixth or seventh in the Metropolitan Division, depending on whether you go by straight points or point percentage. But, you know, the Islanders beat the Washington Capitals. The Islanders beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, would either of those teams want to want to trade places with the Islanders who had a more successful season wasn't the Capitals who or the Flyers both of whom finished well ahead of the Islanders in the standings no it's what you do in the playoffs that really matters the most and you know whether the Islanders are the division winner or the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference or whatever the the way that things are going to work out, because we don't know the divisional alignments this year or the playoff system for that matter. Uh, but whether the Islanders are one of the top seeds or one of the last seeds, the important thing is how they perform in the playoffs. First, you got to get into the playoffs. But uh, again, maybe Lou Lamorello waits and brings in a more talented and dangerous player late in the season at the trade deadline, it'll have less of an impact on the salary cap and maybe give him a little bit more flexibility. And maybe you could deal a Johnny Boychuk or a Nick Letty uh, or an Andrew Ladd in the middle of the season because, you know, teams get injuries or teams have needs that, uh, you know, certain player isn't playing well. They need to add scoring punch or they need to add a steady defenseman. All of these things... You know, in the middle of the season, when teams get a little bit more desperate, all of a sudden things that didn't seem realistic in the offseason seem very reasonable to a GM who is like, oh my gosh, if I don't make a deal for a defenseman, we may not make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, 
all right, we'll take, you know, uh, we'll take Johnny Boy Chuck's $6 million cap hit or what's left of it for this season. So I think the, the wait and see approach is a good one and that the Islanders can manipulate some of the players they have, whether it's a Andrew Ladd or a Thomas Hickey, or if necessary, even a Johnny Boychuk, although I hope that's not the case, you could send them down to the minors or put them on the long-term injury list if there are injuries and free up enough cap space to get Barzy re-signed, and then you make your big deal middle of the season at the trade deadline, get that guy integrated into the lineup for the playoffs, and go from there. I think that is probably, if I were a betting man, where I would think the Islanders are going this offseason and into this season. All right, that's going to do it for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Please subscribe if you're enjoying the show. That way the show will be in your inbox and your podcatcher of choice. Right now we're on our off-season schedule, so new shows drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, a little after midnight, 12.30, let's say, 12.25 a.m., And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.